Obadiah. This is the vision of Obadiah. This is what the Lord God says about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy has been sent among the nations to say, Rise up and let us go to battle against her. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You will be deeply despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. O dwellers in the clefts of the rocks, whose habitation is in the heights, who say in your heart, Who can bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, even from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves came to you, if robbers by night, oh, how you would be ruined. Would you not steal only what they wanted? If grape gatherers came to you, would they not leave some gleanings? But how Esau will be pillaged, his hidden treasures sought out. All the men allied with you will drive you to the border. The men at peace with you will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you without your awareness of it. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom and the men of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Then your mighty men, O Teman, will be terrified, so that everyone in the mountains of Esau will be cut down in the slaughter. Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame and cut off forever. On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gate and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were just like one of them. But you should not gloat in that day, your brother's day of misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast proudly in the day of their distress. You should not enter the gate of my people in the day of their disaster, nor gloat over their affliction in the day of their disaster, nor loot their wealth in the day of their disaster nor should you stand at the crossroads to cut off their fugitives, nor deliver up their survivors in the day of their distress. For the day of the Lord is near for all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your recompense will return upon your own head. For as you drank on my holy mountain, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and gulp it down. They will be as if they had never existed. But on Mount Zion there will be deliverance, and it will be holy, and the house of Jacob will reclaim their possession. Then the house of Jacob will be a blazing fire, and the house of Joseph a burning flame. But the house of Esau will be stubble. Jacob will set it ablaze and consume it. Therefore no survivor will remain from the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Those from the Negev will possess the mountains of Esau. Those from the foothills will possess the land of the Philistines. They will occupy the fields of Ephraim and Samaria, and Benjamin will possess Gilead. And the exiles of this host of the Israelites will possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath. And the exiles from Jerusalem, who are in Sepharath, will possess the cities of the Negev. The deliverers will ascend Mount Zion to rule over the mountains of Esau, and the kingdom will belong to the Lord. Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Jonah, however, got up to flee to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship bound for Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went aboard to sail for Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Then the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship was in danger of breaking apart. The sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. 
and they threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain approached him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call upon your God. Perhaps this God will consider us, so that we may not perish. Come, said the sailors to one another. Let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity that is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Tell us now, they demanded, who is to blame for this calamity that is upon us? What is your occupation, and where have you come from? What is your country, and who are your people? I am a Hebrew, replied Jonah. I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What have you done? The men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Now the sea was growing worse and worse, so they said to Jonah, What must we do to you to calm this sea for us? Pick me up, he answered, and cast me into the sea, so it may quiet down for you. For I know that I am to blame for this violent storm that has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea was raging against them more and more. So they cried out to the Lord, Please, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as you please. At this they picked up Jonah and cast him into the sea, and the raging sea grew calm. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord had appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. Chapter 2 From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, saying, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the belly of Sheol I called for help, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your breakers and waves swept over me. At this I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look once more upon your holy temple. The waters engulfed me to take my life. The watery depths closed around me. The seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I descended. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. But you raised my life from the pit, O Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord. My prayer went up to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forsake his loving devotion. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and proclaim to it the message that I give you. This time Jonah got up and went to Nineveh in accordance with the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, requiring a three-day journey. On the first day of his journey, Jonah set out into the city and proclaimed, Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overturned. And the Ninevites believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. When word reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh, By the decree of the king and his nobles, let no man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything at all. They must not eat or drink. Furthermore, let both man and beast be covered with sackcloth and have everyone call out earnestly to God. 
Let each one turn from his evil ways and from the violence in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw their actions, that they had turned from their evil ways, he relented from the disaster he had threatened to bring upon them. Chapter 4 Jonah, however, was greatly displeased, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord, saying, O Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? This is why I was so quick to flee toward Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in loving devotion, one who relents from sending disaster. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Then Jonah left the city and sat down east of it, where he made himself a shelter and sat in its shade to see what would happen to the city. So the Lord God appointed a vine, and it grew up to provide shade over Jonah's head to ease his discomfort, and Jonah was greatly pleased with the plant. When dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. As the sun was rising, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and wished to die, saying, It is better for me to die than to live. Then God asked Jonah, Have you any right to be angry about the plant? I do, he replied. I am angry enough to die. But the Lord said, You cared about the plant, which you neither tended nor made grow. It sprang up in a night and perished in a night. So should I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well, 